relation of sin and sickness. The soul is the life of the body and the Lord does not intend that his saving and sanctifying ministry shall stop with the regeneration and renewal of the soul. Is Stockmayer's strongly asserted doctrine. Attaching great weight to the words of scripture which declare that Christ healed all that were sick that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. He reasons that if our Redeemer bore our sicknesses it is not his will that his children should remain under the power of disease any more than that having borne our sins it is his will that they should remain under any more than that having borne our sins it is his will that they should remain under condemnation and disobedience let me read that again he reasons that if our redeemer bore our sicknesses it is not his will that his children should remain under the power of disease any more than that having borne our sins it is his will that they should remain under condemnation and disobedience he says once understanding that it is not the will of god that his children should be sick james 5:14 to 18 and that christ has redeemed us from our sickness as from our sins matthew 8:16 and 17 We can no longer look upon healing as a right which it would be lawful for us to renounce. It is no longer a question whether we wish to be healed. God's will must be fulfilled in our bodies as well as in our souls. Our beloved Lord must not be robbed of a part of the heritage of his agony. It is by virtue of a divine will that the offering of the body of Jesus Christ has has sanctified us. Hebrews 10:10, which means that Christ by his death has with drawn the members of our body with our entire being being from every sacrilegious end or use he has regained and consecrated them for his own exclusive and direct use let's read that again it is by virtue of a divine will that the offering of the body of jesus christ has sanctified us hebrews 10:10 which means that Christ by his death has withdrawn the members of our body with our entire being from every sacrilegious end or use he has regained and consecrated them for his own exclusive and direct use rested by Christ's ransom from all foreign power from the power of sin or of sickness or of the devil our members must remain intact surrendered to him who has redeemed them let my people go was god's word to pharaoh and such is god's command to sin and sickness and to satan let my people go that they may serve me thus god's children must not seek the healing of the body without taking at the same time by faith all the new position which christ's redemption gives us and which is expressed in these words of moses to pharaoh or better still in paul's words Second Corinthians 5:14 and 15 which amounts to this nothing more for self but all for Christ I repeat nothing more for self but all for Christ before seeking freedom from sickness we must lay hold of the moral freedom which the redemption of Christ has obtained for us and by which we are cut off from any self seeking from the seeking of our own will our own life our own interests or our own glory our members are henceforth Christ and neither for ourselves or for our members but for Christ and for his members we desire health 
we knew none other but Christ. This, in brief, is the doctrine of Pastor Stockmayer as he set forth in a tract entitled Sickness and the Gospel, which has passed through many editions and has been widely read. As the minister of a Christian flock, his practice has conformed to his teaching. He has used the same methods as those employed at Manadoff, and he has now a home in Hauptwil, Thurgen, Switzerland, for the reception of such as desire to be healed through prayer. Pastor Rain is another of the same group of uh, primitive teachers and ministers. He was greatly esteemed while living and it, is only for a f and it is only a few years since he fell asleep. He began his service in the gospel as a decided formalist, but shutting himself up to the Bible and determining to shape his ministry rigidly by its teachings without regard to tradition, a great change came over him. He now abandoned the habit of reading prayers at the bedside of the sick and began to pour out petitions directly from the heart. Later, he felt constrained to use the practice of laying hands on them while praying, according to the word of the Lord in Mark 16. Still later, he began to anoint with oil in the name of the Lord in connection with his praying for the sick, carrying out strictly the directions given in the epistle of James. His ministry seems to have been as conspicuous for its humility as for its zeal and consecration. And diligent care for the welfare of others so marked his course that he may be said to have illustrated the maxim that true humility consists not so much in thinking meanly of ourselves as in not thinking of ourselves at all. From a very tender tribute to his life which recently appeared, we make the following extract. When sick people were brought to him, he received them as sent by the Lord. Much blessing and consolation was found in the silence and retirement of the simple cure of Pastor Rain. He loved to work for the kingdom of God in self-renunciation and always in silence without show and he always shrank from being spoken of. Oh, how blessed it is when, word of, when the word of God accompanied with prayer is used as the medicine of the body as well as soul. Rain never employed a doctor believing in the words of Exodus 25-26, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Or as it is in many translations, I am the Lord thy physician. When he was ill, the elders of his church or his friends laid hands on him and prayed over him. And he was always better than if he had taken medicine. He was kept in a greater calm and his communion with God was not interrupted by the doctor's visits and by the continual occupation of punctually following their directions. He lived in such intimate relation with God that he asked him for all he wanted, the greatest and the least things alike. This was why he could not accept even healing and he shrunk from seeking any help but that which came directly from God. May I read that again? He lived in such intimate relation with God that he asked him for all he wanted, the greatest and least things alike. This was why he could not accept even healing and he shrunk from seeking any help but that which came directly from God. He was jealous for God that 
God alone should have the glory. That which grieved him deeply was to see how little glory is given to God in general and especially in the cure of illness, which is attributed generally to doctors or to medicine. Thus he would not allow any remedy to come between him and his God. And he rejoiced with all his heart when he saw others leave the old track of this world's laws of prudence to follow the path of an obedient and unreserved faith. When he prayed over and laid hands on the sick, he watched attentively for a knowledge of God's will regarding the person whom he was occupied with and always besought him to reveal to him whether the sickness was unto death or whether it was rather a merciful visitation sent to lead the subject of it to reflection and he prayed accordingly. This confidence in God which made him renounce all human means and illness caused him to be much criticized. But we must say to his honor that Rain was extremely charitable towards others, never seeking to put a yoke upon them or to lay down the law to them in that which he looked upon as a permission, a precious grace from on high. He never regarded it as a sin in anyone to take medicine or to consult a doctor when they had not the special faith to do without them. A faith which was very precious as it is, is not necessary for salvation. Who can find fault with such as declare, like rain, that they cannot do otherwise than commit themselves solely to God in all things, even for bodily health, and that they esteem as happy those who can do the same? He was actuated by a holy Jealousy, when he heard the signs which should follow them that believe. Mark 16, 17 to 18. Spoken of as belonging only to apostolic times, instead of its being recognized that it is owing to the decline of faith that these signs no longer exist. It has been said that faith is God's power placed at man's disposal. So he believed and on this principle he acted. Very Several interesting incidents of recovery under his prayers are given in connection with this sketch of his life, but they are of the same type as those elsewhere recorded and we will not reproduce them. Among other evangelists and pastors abroad who hold the same faith and practice as these we may mention, Lord Radstock of England, a very devoted and deeply spiritual man, he is known to be by all who have come in contact with him. And many who have never seen him have read with interest of his evangelistic work among the higher ranks, especially in Russia and Sweden. Writing to the London Christian concerning his work in the latter country, he sends reports of several very striking instances of cure in answer to prayer and says, one interesting feature of the Lord's grace in Stockholm is the obedience of faith with which several pastors and elder brethren have accepted their privilege of anointing the sick and praying over them in the name of the Lord. There have been many remarkable instances of God's gracious healing. I enclose details of a few cases that God's children may be encouraged to see that God has not withdrawn the promise in James 5.15 and that it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. In America, there are several homes for healing conducted on the same principle as that of Miss Trudell. 
quite a number of them are under the direction of pious women who have learned the secret of the prayer of faith we have only space to refer to one work which is most widely known through its published reports and of which from his near neighborhood to it the writer has had an excellent opportunity to judge dr charles cullis is at the head of what is known as the faith work in the city of boston the work has many branches the consumptives home the willard tract repository homes for children city mission work foreign missionary work schools among the freedmen etc all maintained upon the same principle virtually as the often work of pastor george muller at bristol in england anyone who has been made acquainted with the single with a single department of this enterprise as for example that of the consumptive's home can have no doubt as to the most beneficent and christ-like character of the labors they carried on dr kalis has for several years been accustomed when applied to to minister to the sick in the manner above described and there are among us many unimpeachable witnesses to the answers which have been granted for the recovery from disease the writer is well acquainted with quite a number of these some of several years standing and he has no hesitation in saying that they bear every evidence of genuineness how dr kalis was led to exercise this ministry is best told in his own words which we extract from his published report called faith cures For several years my mind had been exercised before God as to whether it was not his will that the work of faith in which he had placed me should extend to the cure of disease as well as the alleviation alleviation of all the miseries of the afflicted I often read the instructions and or I often read the instructions and promise contained in the 14th and 15th verses of the 5th chapter of the epistle of James They seemed so very plain that I often asked of my own heart why if I can rely on God's word whatsoever you shall ask in my name that will I do and every day verify its truth in the supply of the daily needs of the various work committed to my care why can not I also trust him to fulfill his promises as to the healing of the body the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the lord shall raise him up I could not see why with such explicit and unmistakable promises I should limit the present exercise of God's power. I began to inquire of earnest Christians whether they knew of any instances of answer to prayer for the healing of the body. Soon afterwards the life of Dorothea Trudell fell into my hands which strengthened my convictions and the inquiry arose if God can perform such wonders in Manadoff why not in Boston? At this time I had under my professional care a Christian lady with a tumor which confined her almost continuously to her bed in severe suffering all remedies were unavailing and the only human hope was the knife but feeling in my heart the power of the promise I one morning sat down by her bedside and taking up the bible I read aloud God's promise to his believing children and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the lord shall raise him up and if he have committed sins they shall be forgiven him i then asked her if she would trust the lord to remove this tumor and restore her to health and to her missionary work she replied i have no particular faith about it but i'm willing to trust the lord for it i then knelt and anointed her with oil 
in the name of the Lord, asking him to fulfill his own word. Soon after I left, she got up and walked three miles. From that time, the tumor rapidly lessened until all trace of it at length disappeared. The work thus begun has gone on now for quite a number of years and we think there can be no reasonable doubt that in Boston, as well as in Manadoff and in Mottlingen, there has been a living and repeated demonstration that God is still pleased to recover the sick directly and manifestly in answer to his people's intercessions. If these things be so, can any say that we have not reason to praise God and rejoice with new joy in him who forgives all iniquities, who heals all your diseases? Any explanation but the admission of the miraculous is the cry which an unbelieving world raises when anything wonderful happens. And Christians more solicitous, solicitous for their caution than for their faith have sometimes joined in the cry. And thus the seal of the supernatural has been assiduously withheld, we fear, where it should have been permitted to place its impress and testimony. But we do not so much call attention to these instances of healing as to these examples of faith. Let me read that again. But we do not so much call attention to these instances of healing as to these examples of faith. There may be mistakes in the estimates put upon the cures, but can there be any in the sure word of promise? If any of these testimonies of recovery should prove ill-founded, it would only demonstrate the ignorance of men. But God has in the last days spoken to us by His Son, and he that receives his testimony has set to his seal that God is true.